Right, okay. Everybody be quiet for a few seconds and then I'll go. This is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> you <can> try. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Picky Bastards Podcast and this uh, this is our albums of two, best albums of 2018 um, episode even though it is nearly the end of February so you know we, <laughs> we're efficient and organised yeah we're going to pretend that it's because we wanted to spend time <laughs> Taking in all the albums that other yeah. people had recommended, but it's actually because we are quite useless. Absolute piss yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm Fran Slater, and I'm here with Nicholas Parker. Hello. How's Nick? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? And we're... Oh, oh, you just know how I was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you don't usually do that. Um, yeah, and we're also kind... <laughs> I, that's why I was so me. taken aback. Care. Care. And we're also here with Matt Paul, kind of. He's in New York. How are you, Matt? You're good. Hi there. Stop asking me how I am. I'm good. How are you? It's a new caring piggy bastard face. Yeah, yeah, we're all really friendly and nice. Yeah. Lovely. Well, anyway, we were also meant to be here with um, Mr. Nermal Trevetti, who was the found one of the founders of Picky Bastards. Uh, He was going to join us for this episode, but sadly, he is not well. Yeah, he's not very well because we've already had several delays. We've had to move forward with it. So Mm. sorry you're not here, Nermal. If you ever listen to us, anyway. Um, (laughs) But we will be representing your album of the year on on your on your (laughs) behalf. So he'll be back at some point in the future. Yeah, we'll have him in. Um, So before I get started and tell you what the albums are, we're just going to do something professional for the first time on the podcast and ask you guys uh, if you're a first time listener. Please just sit back and see if you hate us or not. If, you, uh, if you've listened a few times, then it'd be great if you could s- subscribe to the podcast, um, follow us um, at Picky Bastards on Twitter. And if you listen after March the 6th, we'll also uh, be launching our very own website at pickybastards.co.uk. So, yeah, uh, and that'll have all the podcasts and also all kinds of articles on yeah, all kinds of subjects. New articles, music. all music though, not yeah. all kinds of subjects. There's not going to be nothing about elephants. Um, <laughs> So yeah, hopefully you will see us there. So anyway, so the plan today is we'll each see. of us, including Nermal, who isn't here, will tell you <laughs> our albums of two thousand, our favorite albums of two thousand and eighteen, and they'll be announced throughout the show. But we're also we picked six albums from other publications and uh, their albums of the year, and they were from Pitchfork. It was "Be the Cowboy" by Mitski. From the Vinyl Factory, it was "Devotion" by Terza. From Piccadilly Records, it was Child Queen by Kadja Burnett. I don't know how you say that, but that's what I'm going Sounds with. Sounds about right. Um, from Drowned, Drowned in Sound, it was Double Negative by Lowe. The Guardian went with Christine and the Queens and Chris. And Needle Drop went with Daughters, You Won't Get What You Want. So we were going to go straight to Nermal, so we will <laughs> go straight to Nermal. And we will talk about an album that we've already talked about on the podcast, because Nermal's <laughs> album of the year was... Uh, Joy is an act of resistance by Idols. So, yeah. uh, who wants to kick us off on what they still think about Idols? Uh, I can talk about it. Yeah, I thought, um, and, and I'll, I'll be repeating a little bit of what I said before. But um, okay. basically, this was very close to the best album for me as well. I thought it was a really, really tough decision for me when I get to mine between this and, and why I chose ultimately. Um, I think it's absolutely visceral energy album. Uh, it's incredibly politically astute which is uh, really fascinating it's incredibly witty and funny uh, amusing um and it has uh, i've got to say the best lyric of any album uh, i think of the year which is uh, i am dennis skinner's molotov which i talked about in the last still podcast, on that one. which i think is just one. the greatest phrase in 
20th century lyrics. What's the lyric before it? <laughs> I am. Uh, I laugh at fascists till the heads, heads, the heads come fall off. off. Yeah. I am dead as Skinner's Molotov. Molotov, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah. Pretty so, good. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's, it's a worthy um, contender for album of the year. Um, and all the... Uh, all the debates that we were just talking before actually about the debates with Sleaford Mods and stuff, weren't we? And all yeah, the, yeah, all the yeah. arguments that were going yeah. on between Sleaford Mods and this band. Uh, and I have to say, uh, I, I really would go with this band as, as the more impressive of the two, frankly. I more think impressive is... and more relevant. And I think I feel like the, the bands that are starting to sort of jump on idols back to me, they're, they're trying to promote their albums that are coming out by. by and they're a bit jealous of how well Idols have yeah. done. That's how I see it, yeah. personally. Because their rise has been really, really fast, yeah. I feel like. I really, there's only two albums in, and they're, they're suddenly absolutely the, the watchword for, for new punk and, you know, kind of the energy, so it's great, yeah. And for a couple of uh, middle-class bands to be telling another band they're too middle-class is just mm. kind of confusing, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, so, so yeah. Stop I mean, it, Sleaford Mods. Jealousy is the key word. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just calm down. But anyway, so... Uh, and also, I think that they have um, some really, really interesting... Um, other kind of political sentiments they talk about immigration a great deal they yeah. talk about uh, masculinity in, in yeah, a couple yeah, of the songs yeah. uh, in, in a really, really interesting way which I think is I don't know that I've heard any any band uh, certainly any punk band doing that kind of thing in recent time so uh, I thought that was really really amazing um, so yeah all round I can't fault it I can't fault it really it's, it's almost, I've just album. thought of this but they've almost got like a hip hop attitude to the message sometimes like you get a lot of hip hop albums that'll talk about these kind of things nowadays, but you don't often okay. hear it cross over to the guitar music, do you? It's just mm. quite interesting, yeah. I think. But, but yeah, Matt, what about you? Any changes on this album since the la- we last spoke about it? Or um, not really. If anything, it's grown on me more. Um, again, like like Nick, it it ran my first place very hard. I might even be able to all say right, it we're going to talk about our bo- the top threes at the end, and you're just stepping all over them, people. Come on, <laughs> the scoring system is going to be upset. He's really it's destroyed. It could destroyed be by that. many things running very hard. It could be lots of things really yeah. equal at the top. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from like what uh, Nick said, I think um, I've really kind of dug back into the previous album as well, and I think the. Uh, as good as the first album was, it was the big thing for me was this was a big step forward for them, uh, growing creatively, uh, creatively and also in um, kind of the music and message that they want to put across is actually incredibly relevant for, yeah. for right now. It's music that matters as opposed to uh, something that's just fun to listen to. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's why I also think it definitely should be in every conversation. Definitely, yeah, it definitely belongs in uh, in all these lists, and I think I'll say I'm still in love with this album, still in love with how they use like joy and optimism as a as a counter to all the things they see wrong in society. The message is amazing. I think they're one of the most exciting bands going at the moment in in any anywhere. I, last time I said in in the UK, but I I think anywhere really. Um, mm. Just to say one one thing that did kind of I did notice going through it more this second time through on a playlist is that actually I do think it tails off a little bit towards the end of the album more than I noticed before I think up to the song Great which is like song 9 out of 11 songs I think it's out of 12 songs I think it's it's very very strong but then maybe the last three songs kind of tail off a little bit for me which is why Mm -hmm. it one of the reasons maybe it didn't smash the top of my list I think is that it doesn't finish as strongly as it starts but it starts so strongly 
that I'm not going to, I'm not holding that against it as an album. I just think it doesn't end that brilliantly. But I, that's can, I can actually see what you're saying to me, Stan. Particularly, um, and this is really picking holes in it, but, but Rottweiler at the end there, the last yeah. one, um, ends with like a kind of cacophony of them sort of shouting, keep it going, keep it yeah. going, and that stuff. So, uh, which I thought was, you know, it's fine, but it, it didn't seem like a really punchy because they had so many songs that just, just sort of nailed it and then at the end just kind of cut off you know yeah, really really yeah, yeah. hard and i thought that really worked well so i wouldn't say it was the it didn't wow me as much as the earliest stuff it may be the first half of the album or the first three quarters sort of carried you through the rest of it a bit more than it was actually yeah. consistent i mean it's all, all great though it is outstanding and then i yeah. think cry to me is yeah. a cover which is always you know a cover's a cover isn't it if it's a, it's an interesting cover but it doesn't have the same effect because i think the big thing for them is their songwriting and their lyrics and so when they're doing a cover it's kind of fun live but maybe the, not the best way to end the album, but that is, I am, like you say, picking holes. And how many how many punk bands can say their lyricist is the most important element? I yeah. think that's quite yeah. an interesting yeah. angle, you know, that's, <laughs> Definitely. that's really remarkable, yeah. Definitely. So, so yeah. yeah. So anyway, right, so on to the six, um, the six albums that weren't picked by one of us. We are going to go to, if any of you remember, the Mercury Prize um, episode where I annoyed the hell out of everyone with my, <laughs> uh, my one and a half minute countdown and a very obnoxious alarm. We are bringing that back because... So many of you loved it, I'm sure. Um, so I'm going to ask a question, which all three of us are going to answer, and we're going to get a minute and a half each to answer it, and then we'll shout at each other at the end about how wrong each one of us was. Okay. So I'm going to go to Matt first. Cool. Oh, um, great. <laughs> are you ready, Matt? I'm so ready. I will allow I'm you ready. to say the title of the album before I start the countdown. So I'm going to ask you now, which of the six albums was the most relevant in your eyes to 2018? You're allowed to say okay. the title. It's Mitski's album, Be the Cowboy. Starting the title. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> for me, this was uh, one uh, of the best albums on the list. Um, it encompasses a bunch of topics, but really at its core, it's about um, kind of love, self-reliance, vulnerability, honest, honestness, and uh, restlessness. And I think all of those topics are really important for now but also they're important for, they're kind of relevant for every single year um but the amount of honesty and how how she kind of lays herself bare and how she's uh, feeling or has felt in a myriad of different relationships in the past and um, i think speaks to how truthful a lot of um bands are being now in in the public eye i think that's a, a kind of a newer phenomena in that the public persona is much more honest and true. Mm. Um, and so music, musically, though, um, I think it was actually quite uh, restrained in some ways because in her previous albums, it was she was a much more rock-influenced, and she still got that harder edge. Um, but she really uh, kind of expanded kind of her musical vocabulary almost, but she used a lot more um, different approaches and then, but still bought the rock out when it was appropriate. And uh, you could kind of see that in the way that kind of uh, Geyser builds in the, in the, in the first uh, song. I mean, at least you got to the end of a sentence. He made it sound like he, he was finishing on time, but actually I'm sure he had plenty more yeah, to say. You had, yeah, you were so going to say more, weren't you? I could, I could talk, talk, talk for hours on this one. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed that one. You're allowed to say a little bit more at the end when we come back to, you know, to yeah. all join in. Yeah. But yeah. for now, same question, Nick, which okay. album? Okay. Yeah, well, let me get to the, <clears throat> yeah, the timer again. It's very important. Which, which one felt the most relevant to 2018 in your eyes, Nick? Okay, I'm going to say Daughters, You Won't Get What You Want. 
Um, and the reason uh, for that is that, uh, in case anyone hadn't noticed, we live in dark times. Uh, we live in a really harrowing, uh, awful end times of the world. Uh, and this album really symbolizes that extremely well. And despite the fact that Idols, for example, we talked about earlier, is such a positive sort of spin on those negative elements and sort of tries to fight back in terms of in various ways. I can't say that it really represents the state of play as it stands right now in the way that this Daughters album does. Um, it was extremely um, exhausting. That's the overarching word I would use. And that doesn't mean by that that I necessarily really love the album. We'll talk more about the ratings and positions of them later. But I thought it was really um, symptomatic of the way that things are at present. This furious frenzy of kind of uh, industrial sound, um, there were particularly some, I think actually Daughter, the song Daughter itself, um, was my favourite song on the album. It was it was dark, but it had like a kind of really interesting hook, a really kind of gripping hook as well, uh, which I thought worked really, really well. So um, overall, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful album. Uh, and even though um, I think Fran probably, uh, we'll see what he says. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to assume. But um, uh, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, it, it was a really powerful album and a really relevant one for this year. Ooh, eight seconds. Nice. I win. Skills, man. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to answer the same question so Nick can take... Okay, I got the time. Interesting, before I even start, see we've all picked different ones for this question. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you ready to tell me the name of the album? I am. The name of the album is Chris by Christine and the Queens. So, I picked this album uh, because I think it speaks to and about both the good and bad sides of the last year or so. So I think this last year, and particularly, you know, particularly this last year, but also the last few years, has seen female representation in music sort of massively increase. And I think Christine has been kind of at the forefront of that. And I love that throughout this album, she is unashamedly sort of aggressive about her sexuality, her identity, and her thoughts on gender roles. That felt like a very current thing to me and a very sort of relevant thing to now. And um, I think she's, she's... you know, at the forefront of that kind of thing at the minute. So that felt really representative of the positive elements in the music industry in the last year. But then she also clearly, very clearly recognises and questions how far we still have to come in both music and society. So there's a song called What's Her Face? Um, And I think that's the biggest representation of that side of it, of the negativity that's still around. Um, So the idea in that song, she talks a lot about her still being in the background, still being, like, the song's called What's Her Face? It's kind of, she's dismissed, she's been judged for something. And then there's the line about her name becoming a slur, as in, you know, what she represents is almost also an insult, um, which I thought was really clever. And also, on top of that, I I just think this is a really sort of stonking album, I think, like, full of really funky, fun songs. It's got a bit message, but it's also really fun. I love it. I think you had more, actually. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that you were about to stop there. I think you probably had loads more yeah. to say. Well, I've got a whole theory. You, you, saw, me, the you saw me move. You saw me move. The, the, I've, my got, hand I've got the, a whole the theory about Christian and the Queens that that I want to dig into. But okay, I probably wasn't going to fit it in the minute. But then you realised that it's not no. your podcast, so you yeah. can't just talk. <laughs> I'm going to so, yeah. give the theory at some point in the next ten minutes, oh, yeah? just so you know. Right. We'll turn off the recorder at that point. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, who wants? Anyone want to come back on any of that before I give my theory? Uh, oh, you're going to give it to us all by now? Yeah, I'm going to give you my theory. Shall I just get that out of the way? Yeah, go on. Okay. He gets basically one minute thirty, no, and then additional the ten minutes. This isn't about why the album's good. This is just my theory about Christian and the Queens. Okay, go for so it. So I, I basically think Michael Jackson never died. Hmm. And 
he just continued having surgery to the point when he turned into Christine and the Queens. And right. that is how we have now, who we have now, because it's just right. Michael Jackson, how he would be now. It's the same music. It's the same. I mean, it's probably got a little more intelligent lyricism, but this sounds like a Michael Jackson album to me. Anyone else? Really? Hear that? Yeah. Uh... I no. very much no. agree. I, I totally. I actually <laughs> noted down that this was a, this was kind of. Oh, you've been uh, serious. I am. Yeah. I thought you were just taking the piss. No, out no, no. Just me to shut uh, up. No, give me some time to give, take the piss out of you later. No, for now, I'm actually going to agree with you. Wow. Um, no, I, th- I thought it was very, very uh, MJ uh, influence, yeah. extremely and extremely polished. Um, and uh, I, I actually, it's not really um, as many people would probably guess a genre that I would naturally jump into. Yeah. But um, I couldn't deny that it was it was really well put together. Um, really kind of well it was a little bit sort of staccato for me which is kind of grating sometimes mm. or kind of slightly irritating kind of stops and starts but uh, i think that's part of the genre uh, to be that have that energy that kind of restrained kind of uh, what's the word almost bursting through energy yeah, yeah. Uh, which i thought were really well um and uh, yeah i thought i thought you know I, I, this is a big statement now but to me it sounded a lot like off the wall you know i, I don't know if it's if well, it's absolutely yeah that level no i do know it is not that level but it's, it's <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing i think yeah so and i think it's amazing to see wrong. someone doing that kind of um that music in this way at the minute and uh, actually you know the, we've both come up with michael jackson and obviously there's a prince comparison and stuff there but i think mm. yeah very exciting i don't know I, I, i'm scared to i don't know if i can ask you max i don't know if she's coming up for one of your further um, questions she will do i'll yeah, just okay. say I, I thought it wasn't that good an album relative to what else has been out this year right um the people you've mentioned so far you should i think um if you listen to janelle monet's album i hate that that, album really (laughs) yeah i I can't stand it (laughs) i thought that that blew this out of the water completely see i just covers a bunch of the similar topics and it's much more interesting Mm. Ah. i just didn't much more diverse as well no okay I'm glad that's that's cool. <laughs> Typically complex response from Fran. So. Does anyone, what else, cool. so what else do we have? We had Mitski and um, Daughters. I, I, I'd like to talk briefly about Mitski. Go for it. Um, Go. When I can find what I wrote about her. Um, so, Mitski. Uh, I really liked all of her previous albums. Uh, I'm not familiar with any of her previous albums. Yeah, How really, many are there, uh, I think even? Maybe, like, maybe this was a four? fifth? Four yeah. Or wow. fifth. Um, wow. But this was really dull. I thought. <laughs> um, I mean, I barely went back to it at all after the first five or six listens, and I found some of it really off-putting. Uh, there's the song, Me and My Husband, where she just sings repeatedly, me and my husband, we're sticking together. And I just thought, I, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't care. I, I just thought that song was absolute dross. Um, there's a couple of good moments, two dancers and a horse named Cold Air, Cold Air a light. But overall, I felt like this was full-on background music. You didn't. I, you didn't get the fact that it's like that song was me. And my husband seems like kind of dark, even though it's got the really like jaunty piano over the top. He never does that. He never. He never. If he just takes it at face value, that's, if, that's his. If the music's crap, I'm not going to spend much time trying to dig into what it's actually trying to say. It just uh, this album did nothing for me. Yeah, that's fair at all. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to raise any comments about it right now because it's going to come up later in okay. my list. So I, I'll okay. just I'll just pass on that. Yeah. So cool. Uh, if other people didn't talk about doors, though, you're welcome to. I can't say anything about doors so. right okay. now. All right. Can you, Matt? Um, I I can. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, the thing I found with daughters is, um, like you said, it's kind of overwhelming and yeah. kind of disorienting because it just felt at times just like that you're being attacked by this just wall of noise. Oh, I totally agree. Um, yeah. 
and I get what you're saying about it being relevant to this year because it is hugely dark. And my like, I had problems with this album in the sense that I could only listen to it at certain times. I had to be in the right mood. Okay. Other other times, I just couldn't listen to it. And it isn't an album that ever changed my mood. It just, if I was in a kind of darker mood, mm. then this this was perfect because it made me feel justified and emphasized that darkness <laughs> in like a in a way I enjoyed, but like not not uh it yeah a lot of the time i'm not feeling like that so a lot of the time it was just i couldn't i couldn't in, take anything from the album you're not really into like industrial dark music then now is that what you're telling us i Are was be shocked by this i think you can I'd be like, into industrial dark music yeah. but not like this album okay yeah I'd, I'd say yeah like i'd say that's what i'm exactly saying. that point i think the some people do it and they can change the encompasses more emotions within that industrial dark music this felt very uh kind of monotone in, in its emotion okay and but i still enjoyed it but i'm not allowed okay fair enough all right all right so i think at that point we're going to move on to mr nicholas parker's album of the year so nick yes. will get a minute and a half to convince us why his album of the year and we might all at the, at the end we're going to give our top threes and nick change our minds here with this speech okay about so enough. you get to say the name of the Oratory, album that's what this is yeah so the name of the album is Coco Sugar by Young Fathers. Go. Uh, so as I had mentioned, this was a really tough decision for me with Idols. Uh, so I struggled with that for quite a while. But I actually want to say that there are five reasons why I think this is a better album Let's than the Idols all. album. Yeah, so <laughs> the first reason is, as with the previous albums, this experimental song construction is really unparalleled in bands they're going today. This is uh, the, the freshest uh, newest uh, kind of song construction I've heard in any band that's going, certainly in Britain at the moment. Secondly, the live energy of this band is really palpable in all the recordings. I actually saw him in a live gig uh, with Fran a few weeks ago, and that was incredible, but I think they also managed to carry it through the recordings as well. Thirdly, the vocal harmonies in all three singers manages to be really, really beautiful, even though the music is quite abrasive uh, at times. And I think that's quite a remarkable achievement to juxtapose those two things together. Uh, fourthly, politically, it has kind of the most uh, elegant and powerful statements, uh, like Border Girl was a good example. But I also really picked up on Wow this time through as I listened to it again, um, yeah. which I thought was really amazing. What a time to be alive. I'm going to put myself first. Everything is so amazing. I said mm. Wow, which I thought was a really fantastic line, set of lines. And then the last reason is, in my opinion, they have the best single of the year. Uh, in my view, uh, which is the name of the song, not my opinion, uh, is, <laughs> is the best single of the year. So that's the five reasons they're better than Idols. And I still got it in under one Just third. say a few more words. Just keep, no, I don't. What? what? Silence. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said at the end then. What? <laughs> oh, it's not gone off. <laughs> it will, it will. <laughs> it's not before. Oh, um, okay, very I'm, good. I'm, I'm really victorious. Cool. Well done, well done. Uh, Matt, Young Fathers, come back, come back at you. Um, I love this album. It's it's a fantastic album, and I think probably the easiest of theirs to actually kind of digest. Um, I can see I think that. They're a bit, yeah, they're a bit more, a little bit more linear in like some of the the songs mm. and like the point the point they're trying to make. I think that's very conscious choice, uh, actually. I would say, yeah, in yeah, this case, yeah, yeah, from what I've heard. I I think uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because they can definitely obfuscate quite efficiently as well mm. and so for them to actually uh, make that choice to make something that's quite clearly political and actually have it um readable and digestible um at a much easier level um is obviously they're making a point in that sense as well um i agree in my view is 
in, it's in my top five songs of the year. Okay. I haven't been able to place it within that. Um, okay. Have you placed uh, yeah, the just, number one? Uh, single, you mean? Yeah, like if you're saying top five, or they just there randomly. Is, there is, but we'll hear about that no, later. Let's talk about that. Okay. okay, all right, fair enough. Cool. Um, but yeah, I love the way it builds. I like there's so many good tracks on it. Would you say um, then? Are you saying then this is your favorite album of this band? Is that, as well as the clearest, the most digestible? Is yeah, it, is it your yeah. favorite of theirs? Okay, yeah. I don't know if I'd go I, that I, far. Actually, I really, I really love uh, the one one before the, the uh, one they one went dead. Too. No, the one the before that. The dead, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was absolutely amazing. In terms of the pitch bending, it did sort of things mm. they did with that. It was wow, amazing. Anyway, it, I might like it most just because I've listened to it the most. So okay, maybe I should try the other ones more. Yeah, you should. Okay. Um, well, clearly you've just heard I went to see Young Fathers recently. I've got this album on vinyl. I'm not. I, I love them. I do love the band. I love all three albums. Um, so I'm not slagging them off when I say this. Here but, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm seriously not. But something I noticed while listening to this album next to some of these other really good albums on this playlist, because I think there's a lot of good stuff on this playlist, is that there are a few forgettable songs among the really good ones. Mm. Like, so when they're at the best, for me, the best, my favourite songs in my view... Tremolo, Turn and Border mm. Girl. Mm. There isn't much on this playlist that can live with those songs. Mm. But then songs like See How, Fifi, Holy Ghost and Wire, they're kind of a bit nothingy, which I don't think happened wow. on other albums. Wow. Um, not nothing like... Absolutely they're, they're disgraceful. better than most filler on other people's albums. Oh, most filler! <laughs> but oh they, are filler. they are filler. They are filler. They're not filler. They are filler. I think, I think when I listened to it the first time... Uh, first few times before we actually put it on the playlist yeah. i would have agreed with fran now after spending a longer time with them they those songs that are in between that are like obvious high points mm-hmm. um have grown even more on me than, than See, i've gone like, the other way but then yeah. part something i should probably say about that is that i even prior to us putting this playlist together i listened to this album so much mm. that sometimes you do just start to get a bit fed up you, you're fed you've of fed enough of it, of it like yeah. Yeah. so i might be at that point at this minute where the the big the big tracks are still there for me, but maybe I need to take this album away for a couple of months. Oh, that sounds weird. Maybe I need to take myself <laughs> away to the farm. Yeah, for a little bit, and then maybe I'll come back and I'll think differently. But that was the I'm not. It's not a big thing, and it's still a great album. But I think again that might be why it didn't reach the top of my list. Yeah, because... it's not a big criticism. It's just that four yeah. songs off this album were better than most filler. Yeah, that's a pretty bold and They're better than filler. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Better than filler. You're allowed to have your opinion, I suppose. Okay. Right. Right. Right, I'm going to go first on this second question. Yep. Go for it. Um, Because that's the way I'd planned it, but Nermal's messed all my plan up. Aw. I can't remember how I'm doing this. Sorry, we've just taken a pause while I find how to find my clock again. There we go. All right. Got it. So you say uh, say what you think. So the second... Well, we need to say the question first. Yes, we do. The second question, and this is again going back to the six other albums, is which album were you most see- surprised to see at the top of an album of the year playlist? So for me, it was Daughters, You Won't Get What You Want. <laughs> <laughs> Am I starting? And yeah, see, this start. is, I mean, it won't take Do long, it. really. This was the easiest question for me by far. I mean, this was a strong playlist with nine albums that ran from absolutely amazing to still pretty decent, and then one album that was just fucking awful. Um... I could not stand the Daughters album. It was it was barely music, I think. Um, less not sex for you. That's what you're saying. Less sex was the only song on there that had anything really going for it. I thought that was a good song. But the other, the, the main problem it's not the in, it's not the heaviness. It's not the industrial 
sounds. It's not that. It's that every other song apart from Less Sex sounded exactly the same. And they droney, they were whiny, they were flat, and they just didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> like, it was... The, every song sounds the same. I can't tell you which one's which. Um, his delivery's just annoying. He, he mumbles for a bit, then he shouts for a bit, and then he mumbles for a bit longer, and then he shouts for a bit longer, and then mumbles, then shouts, then mumbles, I'm then shouts. i yeah, thank you. It's just terrible. So, yeah, I won't be listening to this again. Um, and it's just heightened my dislike of Needle Drop. I'm right, <laughs> that's the end of that one. He's still, he only went one, one minute ten, so well done. That's all I've got um, to say. Well done. Uh, okay. uh, Matt, now we're going to go to. Okay, um, so the one I was most surprised about is Christine and the Quins oh. with Chris. Go. And, like, I was expecting this to be one of my favourites. I haven't listened to it, but um, based on hearing uh, the stuff before and... Uh, knowing kind of what style of music it is that's kind of should fit with what I like because um, it kind of trade trades in this kind of uh, really catchy pop music um, but I just found the whole album none of it really grabbed me at all like I liked Girlfriend because um, it's the most standout song on there but really over the whole album there wasn't just that much going on for me <laughs> I think there was a distinct lack of hooks what? Um, what? <laughs> the the album. Album. Were you listening to the French? Sorry, you've got like yeah. 40 seconds. But were you listening to the French version? Carry I, on. I, listened, I listened to both versions. I did as well. And, yeah. and I just, I, yeah, by the end, it was just washing over, over me. I think the, the main thing for me is that like, like a lot of albums, on, like a bunch of albums on this list even use kind of these circular beats and use them in an interesting way. Um, but I just found that kind of mundane overall um and like i'm thinking like i was thinking comparing it to say what we talked about last month with feist and which was an amazing album with huge diversity and i just didn't find that here and so that is why like it's it's a fine album it just isn't sure we don't want to hear any more of your rubbish i mean no we're going to come back to Wait, that. Yeah. Go around the Wait, come back, but I'm just saying no now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Nick, which All album right. are you most surprised to see uh, at the top well, of an album of the year playlist? Okay, I'm going to put, uh, I don't know if I'm getting this right, but Kajay Bonet, um, Child Queen. Uh, okay, so it won't take me long because this is so... Talking about that thing, that question about what's most relevant to 2018, this is the most unbelievably mm-hmm. irrelevant album to this period in music and period in culture and time. It has... It's so unbelievably dated. It just has, it's just a terrible pastiche of like a 70s kind of drifting 70s, vaguely hippie vibe. I've just found it so uh, sort of futile. I just, it just drove me insane. So um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if I've got anything else to say. Literally, that was it. 30 seconds. Fill it, fill the time a little bit. No, I don't want to. I don't uh, think it deserves it. And, and also, I'll say, I also don't think, I also thought it was, it was a terrible choice by Piccadilly Records who picked this one. Wasn't it Piccadilly yeah, Records? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they also picked last year. We did one last two year, years didn't we? Ago, two years ago. Yeah. And who was that now? What's the name of that band? I mean, I feel like I should be careful about this because I've since found out that I know someone who's married to the bass <laughs> in the band. So I don't <laughs> want to say it alone. Let's leave it alone. Say it. But yeah, yeah they were terrible. But, yeah, it was, um, it was an unfortunate choice that time and an unfortunate choice this time as well. Yeah, so, so luckily yeah. we weren't recording at the time when I really slagged that band off. And I don't know if she listens, but I'd rather not. Fair enough. You can tell me afterwards. Friendship. Yeah. So there we go. It was really. 
really, really weak. Really weak. Okay. Right, well... Cool. Um, well you want to lay into me then? What did we... What did we talk about? He talked about, about Christine the Queen's having no hooks. Yeah, let's, let's talk to Matt first. Literally laughable. Yeah. I mean, it's, all, it, all it is is a bunch of hooks. Goya Soda. Um, can you where, can find Christine and the yeah, Queen's yeah, for me for on. a second, just so uh, I can remember all the go. hooks. Um, Goya Soda, $5. Doesn't matter. All of them. Yeah. Feel so good. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Come See Girlfriend the Walker Doesn't Matter $5 Go every single song on the album Damn what must a woman do has not got a hook I mean it is a hook that's all it is if anything you could complain that it's got too many hooks yeah what happened well, to then, then if there's too many it's just like it's Maybe mundane you but you said so. there was no hooks does Wait, it fade out a lot because I know it, you hate fade outs is there a lot of fade outs or something if, if, if all it is is hooks is it then a hook anymore <laughs> Wow. That's really existential, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. If a tree falls in the woods, is Matt still a twat? <laughs> um, no, you're wrong. In, yeah, I that's... mean, did you like a previous album? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like change the it. Album. Just, so much uh, as well. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see how it's so radically. Different. Yeah, this is what I don't get. Like, one. I could get you saying but I don't like it as much as the first one, but to say some of the albums on this list that you've just said this is like more surprising than is mm. kind of flummoxing to me. Well, well, I, I guess I'm looking at it in the context of this list, right? It's it's not definitely not near the top, right? And so, I mean, if we're comparing stop saying the word the, right. <laughs> if we're comparing it to the uh, other best albums of the year, I don't think it belongs in that list. It's it's a fine album, but I just don't. It surprised me that it's hitting the top. So okay. to move us on away from, well, briefly, I'm not really moving on from here because Nick's just brought up the Kaji Burnett. Are you yeah. saying that this this is you prefer Kaji Burnett? Let's talk about Kaji Burnett. Do you prefer it to Christian? Um, see, the thing with Kaji Burnett, I actually had a. A kind of issue with her voice i found it really annoying and mm. so i tried really hard i've kind of given it the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent because i wasn't sure if it was just me not listening to it that much well i listened to it a bunch but not enjoying it that much mm. because i found her voice so like distant and mm. that it just Floaty. felt so impersonal that i just didn't i i wasn't into it at all it felt almost like um fleet foxes or something like that where they're just like off somewhere else singing about something else and it's just not relevant it just drifts past um, you i can totally see that yeah and so i like i liked some of the music the the instrumentation and the music i just like the the actual uh the singing really put like kind of put me off that album mm-hmm. so I, I i also agree with nick on that one okay. yeah i mean i don't think i i just liked it anywhere near as much as you two i, mean, I kind of find it a bit of a pleasant surprise Considering I, after the experience with Piccadilly Records before, I thought I would hate it, but I'm not going to get overblown about it. I didn't love it. It was decent, not amazing, kind of middle of the pack to me. But um, there's a couple of good songs. I like Mother Maybe. I like Delphine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that one. Um, either of you want to say shout at me for my view on Daughters, or are we kind of happy with Daughters now? I mean, I'm, I'm, I think you're very, very wrong, and I think that the, the, it's obviously a band that's within a particular musical genre, so to say that a lot of the songs sound similar is a bit of a non-starter. I, I didn't really, say they it? sound I mean, similar. I said, said they, they sound, sound exactly, exactly the same. The same. Yeah, I mean, that's a different yeah. thing. I think that's really stretching the point, and I don't, I don't think it's valid. They sound, it sounds like a 42-minute-long song with less, less sex in the middle. No. no yeah, sorry, I, don't, I don't quite agree with that. Uh, 35 minute song with less sex of the night <laughs> <laughs> no alright no. shall we move on yeah 
Matthew, Paul, it is time for your album of the year. You have one and a half minutes once you've told us the name. Um, so my album of the year was Let's Eat Grandma, and I've actually forgotten what it's called. It's called I'm All Ears. E- I'm All Ears, yeah, 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 that's the one. That's he loves the one. this album, he really yeah. does. Go. No, but um, this one kind of caught me by surprise because I'd, I'd heard the previous album and it was kind of interesting and a bit weird. Um and then they came out with something that took all this creativity and ideas that they had and really kind of stepped it up a notch. And I feel like they're, it's one of the most creative albums I've listened to in a while uh, and really kind of unique in their approach to kind of uh, the pop music. Um, and I think there is a lot of people making this kind of style of pop music it's a bit alternative but i think they sit somewhere completely different to everyone else who's doing that style um because i don't know for me this album sometimes you feel like they're being very gentle and then other times they come and hit you around the head and they're just the the way it opens and then transitions to the act of the the uh, album as a whole kind of tells you that these are people who kind of know what they want to do and they're taking you along this ride and it's going to be different and unexpected, um, but that's but that's okay. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that. How are we doing? Okay, you've got I'm 16 seconds. Very good. First time you've not gone over. Do you want yeah, to go now? Sure. Uh, I, I um, had sort of mixed feelings about it overall. Um, I thought it had some really odd and generally interesting uh, juxtapositions between uh, pop hooks and pop kind of sensibilities and sort of in semi-industrial synths, uh, which are particularly noticeable uh, from the start of the album, actually. Uh, I think I think that was that white water is true. And then also there's some in Hot Pink as well that's mm, actually yeah. quite, uh, as you, I think you said when, when you said hit, hit you over the head, I think that's a good, good analogy. Um, it, it sounds really, really heavy uh, for a moment there and then switches back very dramatically. Um, I, uh, I also thought that in Falling Into Me uh, had some really good dark synths in it as well. That was another one that I was particularly keen on. I would say um, uh, that I still had a tough time with the vocals mm. and with uh, particularly songs that hopping, which I think was a single, yeah. Um, yeah. being uh, kind of irritatingly... <laughs> uh, kind of upbeat sometimes. It was just a bit it's too much, too much uh, sort of uh, pop, too much pop, which is kind of amazing since I thought the Christian and the Queens wasn't wasn't too much pop. But um, this this was a little bit crossed the line into into slightly grating at the time. So I, I, I certainly didn't hate it, um, and I'm, I was expecting to not like it. I have to say, I think I had mm. seen one YouTube video. Me and you watched before. the YouTube video yeah, yeah, yeah. and turned it off after about a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also, I didn't want to, I was, I was really not wanting to judge the fact that these are really young musicians. I didn't want to sort of yeah. make that, that sort of make that be the decision for me. So, um, but Should I end, feel bad that things. that's what I'm going to do in a minute? Okay, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it was, that was a, that was a bit of a, a tough one, but overall I thought, I thought it had some, some really interesting parts to it. Yeah. Okay. So it was a mixed bag for me. Um, like we just said, we saw, we'd seen a live performance, and I'd actually caught them on something, some award show on telly, and, and expected to hate it because I just found them really annoying live. But um, yeah, hearing the instrumentation, hearing some of the stuff you've just been talking about, the sort of you know the really heavy background to some of the songs, it was they were a lot more interesting than I thought they would be. They're quite diverse as well, and I think 
then there's also occasions like it's not just me where they can write just like a really catchy pop song. Yeah, yeah. Which so they've got a lot going for them, and I do, I do think I understand why this album has done really well and why people really love it. But the singing voices just drove me insane. Um, <laughs> like now, I'm going to say first of all that I work with teenagers. Um, you know, I support teenagers every day, and I think they get really bad press. And the teenagers I work with are the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. But these girls are why teenagers have got a bad reputation. They basically lived up to every bad, every bad stereotype about teenagers. They were a bit whitey, a bit spoiled. You kind of feel like they love themselves when they're singing because it's that sweet little girly voice and they're all like... And it's just really annoying. And, yeah, so it's better than I thought it would be and it's much, much, much better than Daughters. But... <laughs> it didn't get much higher on my list than yeah, that. Very I'm easy to make a comparison between daughters and this, isn't it? I well, mean, wow. one was unlistenable and one was mm. listenable. Like, like I said, all nine albums apart from Daughters for me were at least very decent albums. Um, Let's like, see, Grandma had its really, really high points, but I couldn't get past the voices. I'm afraid. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's... It's, it's interesting because uh, a lot of the album is actually a direct response to the fact that the first album, a lot of the critics just dismissed them as kids. And as being just... How old were they for the first album? They were, they were like, like 17 or yeah. something. <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How exactly. old were they? That's unbelievable. And now they're... It was just a collection yeah. of nursery rhymes. <laughs> this, I think, added a little bit more substance. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of I, substance I there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say there isn't. I do think musically they are actually really interesting. There's also some lyrical maturity as well. I thought yeah. there was some interesting lyrical yeah. stuff going on. I yeah. think they pulled so a lot wanna... more out of the bag than I thought they would. But I just think. Hopefully, you just need to go and smoke a few cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Give them twenty pack a day. Is it just lads that voices break? Uh, <laughs> Fair point, Matt. Yeah. yeah, maybe when they got on the crack and whatever, and everything oh starts God. to go wrong, it'll next album will be you know, maybe it'll sound like daughter's delivery, and it'll be <laughs> terrible for another reason. Good, good album, man. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh. So next question and final final question of the middle questions, if yep. that makes any sense to anyone. Yep. Is which album came closest to knocking your album of the year into second place? And obviously, we're just talking about the six. Yeah, not our full one. So don't pick choices, Idols, yeah. which you two have already said came in second place. So. Yes. Um, so, right, Nick, what's the name of the album for you? Yeah, the name of the album is Be the Cowboy by Mitski. Um, and I uh, really wow. enjoyed it, honestly. I didn't expect to do so when I first started listening to it because um, I thought it sounded... And some of the songs that, that Fran highlighted earlier, like me and my husband, I was uh, initially quite unsure about. But I thought the song construction was actually quite interesting, uh, even from the opening song, the name of which I'm forgetting now, uh, if I dig it out here. Um, um, it was... Uh, Geyser. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Why'd You Stop Me and A Pearl as well uh, all had some really interesting sort of builds and some sort of sweeps from big to small uh, which was really nice I also really liked Two Slow Dancers the last song which I think is one that Fran mentioned earlier as well incidentally but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was extremely beautiful ballad um, really really well executed 
Um, so ultimately, I listened to the album quite a bit. It was it was a good balance between um, having some meat on the bones and being listenable. Uh, in a way, although I don't think it's as good an album, it's actually uh, more easy to listen to while still having some things going on than The Young Fathers. Um, you know, it was more kind of like clean than that, and but it still had yeah. some oddball things going on, which I, I'm always attracted to. So yeah, so yeah, I thought it was uh, thought it was solid. Uh, there we go. Well, that's the biggest surprise of the day so far to me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What you got? Which album came close to knocking your album of the year into second place? So it was Devotion by Terza. I think you say Terza. So, yeah, this was the album I listened to the most. It was the album that grew on me the most. It's the one I've recommended to the most people. Um, I I find it kind of fascinating. It's like, it's a pop album, but with all the imperfections and rough edges left in. I think that's such simplicity at times. And with the blunt and honest lyricism, it felt like I was being invited to listen to my own little version of the album. It felt really intimate and honest. Um, I just felt like it was, although it was really simple, it was also really creative. Like a lot of the songs like gladly and fine again, they started out feeling as if they were really smooth and even, but just when you felt everything was comfortable, they'd kind of trip you up along the way. Um, and I also felt it was one of the only albums, one of only maybe two or three albums on this entire list which didn't have a clear low point. I think it's strong all the way through. Um, but the title track, Devotion, um, was my favourite. And actually, I think, possibly one of my favourite songs of, of the last year. I just think, right. this, I think it's, yeah. it, it's an album that completely took me by surprise. I didn't know anything about her. Um, it was one on the list. When I looked down the list, I'd probably heard of everyone apart from her and Kadja Benet. I've just made that name up. Um, but yeah, it really grabbed me and I just think she's really, she's really got something um, really interesting. And I've heard a couple of old songs that have gone back and they're really dancey and she's just chilled it out on this album and it's just, it's a really beautiful album, I think. So that's mine. Yes. Wow. Perfect. Spot on, spot on. Um, yeah, so, uh, okay. So, so that's Matt's turn, that's I Matt. guess, now. Which yeah. album came closest to knocking yours into second place, Matt? So probably the most surprising thing is that I agree with Fran. It's Terza. And I think this was the most intimate album on the list. And it was, like Fran was saying, it's super minimal, but then it does kind of catch you sometimes with the way it's kind of produced and and how kind of raw they left the vocals the entire way through. They didn't, like, smooth it out at all. It's just, it feels like um, kind of raspy and, like, she is just in the in the room with you she's in your headphones mm. and she's telling you this just to you and so i really i really liked how kind of simple and straightforward um the whole the whole experience was um even like lyrically as well it's like there's no metaphor there's mm. nothing masking what she's uh trying to get across it's literally just she's telling you uh, exactly how it is um and yeah, I've, I've actually been listening to this album all, since it came out because uh, oh, right. I listened to an interview where Kate Tempest recommended this as her number one pick for the year. Really? Oh, there you go. And, wow. And so I went and started listening to it then and was kind of taken aback. And, and yeah, Holding holding On is my favorite song of the year. Yeah, it's great. And your favorite it's, song of the year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's the one that beats everything else out. Wow! Wow! That's... It's just it's 
it's uh, yeah, it's got that emotional resonance, but it's also it's very catchy. Carry on, mate. Just carry on. Because I agree with that's you. That's it. Because I agree yeah, with you. You can carry on. Oh, that's nice. Bend the rules. Bend wow. The rules. Well, that's that. That's another. I've just had two big surprises in that. Uh, sec- I didn't expect Nick to even slightly like Mitski, and I didn't expect. I, I expected you to like Terza, but I didn't expect anyone else to like it as much as I did. So that's right. that's pretty cool. Do you want to talk about Terza, Nick? I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought fundamentally uh, this was a pretty weak album, all in all. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. I thought it was really um, the intimacy and the simplicity you talk about. Uh, struck me as more like a demo, a set of demos. It didn't seem to me fleshed out. There were a lot of ideas that didn't sort of drive to where they could have gone. They just sort of seemed like it was early versions of songs that never really got to where they were meant to go to. I don't think that there was potential in it, so I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, but <laughs> I, d- I didn't feel like it, it really delivered on anything very profound or very moving, particularly. I think a good example would actually be the last song, Reach High, uh, which uh, the first about minute of is just... Uh, a kind of uh, cycle of be- a very nice toned beat, but like nothing to it but but that kind of very very sparse. And it just seemed I just kind of wanted it to move somewhere. I wanted it to go somewhere, and I just felt like it was some ideas thrown in, uh, but it didn't build into a proper album for me. I think maybe you haven't got a creative enough imagination or mind. <laughs> I think that's your problem. I know you're a writer and you write music and all that, but I think basically you don't <laughs> under- you don't understand creativity. I think that's what this comes down to. Okay, yeah. that seems fair. I won't be offended by that statement whatsoever. <laughs> so seems reasonable. Do you not feel like the sort of what was interesting for me is the kind of idea that it was a it came across as a smooth album in the first couple of lessons, but when you listen closely, there is that kind of there's another depth to it where they are doing some some kind of like I wouldn't say smooth and, really. I mean, you use the word smooth. I don't know if I really buy that. And no. to me, it was a bit more clunky. It was it's kind of like. Again, like beats that were kind of off drum machines that were thrown together that didn't seem to carry through. And it, well, Kate uh, Tempest you know, disagrees with you. I know, yeah. and that that does trouble me because I absolutely love I Kate Tempest, but um, that's worrying. But uh, all the same, I, I've got a hold to my position on this. I think the start, there's lending to what Fran was saying. Uh, the kind of style lends to the perception that it's kind of smooth, mm. um, and then I think once you actually get into it, then you realise yeah. there's nothing to it. Uh, the frailty it. of it. Mm. Um, and so if you don't like spend ages listening to like this type of music then uh yeah. or a uh, deep into drum machine beats then you might not <laughs> um you yeah you would straight away see the see the uh the fact that it's a bit more raw this right? reminds me a little bit of the conversation we me you and Nermal had nick over last year's albums of the year when i actually chose scissor mm. as my favorite because there's it's a different album, but it's also got some similarities in like it's quite pared back and it's quite emotional, like a, a emotional music about relationships mainly, which you also didn't like then because I think maybe you just you, you find it hard to connect with young people and, and <laughs> relationships and they're going wrong because you've been married for forty two years. Or so I think that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, all those things I just said about you. I've just insulted you a lot, haven't I? You have, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's okay. I, I can I can take it. It's yeah. fine. Um, so yeah so you went with Mitski I don't know if you've already spoken about Mitski haven't you Matt um, yeah yeah I spoke yeah. a little bit and I've already spoken about Mitski yeah so we can we can we jump can into go on to my album of the year one. which I don't believe I I can get through in a minute and a half but I'll do my best okay so my album of the year is Dance Music by Master System so 
Yeah, putting this album on this list has been a really good exercise for me because I thought maybe I was choosing it for sentimental reasons, but listening to it as part of this playlist showed me that it can live with any of the albums on here. Um, so this album was released just a couple of months before Scott Hutchinson died. I spoke about him in a previous podcast. He was the lead singer of Frat and Rabbit. And there were a lot of clues to what was going to happen in the, in the music. So, so when I talked about Frat and Rabbit on the podcast a couple of months ago, I discussed how their songs were often about mental health but usually with a message of hope thrown in there. Now, this is the opposite of that. This is an album which Scott really put his struggles out there and sort of forced you to listen. So the songs like Teething and Wasted Daylight, which are completely savage in their honesty about his inability to see his own self-worth. Um, and the song that closes the album, which is called Bird is Bored of Flying, um, I think is as powerful an analogy as the Frightened Rabbit song Modern Leper was 10 years previously. So, yeah, the album's obviously a really hard listen at times, um, but it's my album of the year because I think there can be very few albums that are so open and honest about someone's struggles with mental health and their, you know, eventually their suicidal feelings at the same time as being so lyrically breathtaking and interesting. And even before the sad news about Scott in May, it was really exciting to hear him get involved in a heavier post-punk style album. This kind of suited his more pessimistic side and allowed him to really put that side out there. So personally, I think this is an absolute masterpiece. And we'll never hear anything else about it. And one of my favourite albums in a very long time. <laughs> that was my last sentence. So, yeah, that's me. Um, who wants to go? Uh, I don't mind. Matt? Yeah, go for it, Matt. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. Right. So I actually hadn't... I didn't even realise this existed. Um, yeah. And so I was quite pleasantly surprised when you suggested it and I was like, what the hell is this? And then I Googled and was like, oh, cool. Um, and so we obviously talked about them in the past. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a fan of Fry and Rabbit. Uh, and uh, the other brothers have been in bands, which I've... Uh, so one's listened. in editors and one's in, I can't remember the name of the other band, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But, well, he's only recently joined editors. So right, he's, okay. he's responsible for some of their newer music, right, um, right. which is like hit and miss, yep. but still. Um, for me, it was a, it was a really good album. I, like lyrically, obviously, it's fantastic. Mm. Um, he like he was a, a fantastic songwriter and lyricist. Um, musically, I, en- I enjoyed the album, but it's it's very much a kind of callback album to like nineties, eighties, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or not a 90s, 90s, 2000s indie rock. Like, and a lot of the time I found that fun. And then sometimes I was just like, uh, this feels like I'm listening to Foo Fighters. And uh, maybe I don't want to Foo Fighters is a bit much, mate. Foo <laughs> Fighters is a bit much. Just musically. Musically. <laughs> no, still too much. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think the of this genre, there's people making musically uh, potentially better music. Mm. But as a package and considering the circumstances, um, it was, I enjoyed it a lot, but it maybe wouldn't be in my top 10. Mm. Fair enough. Okay. I'll jump in then. Um, so I was not aware, like Matt was not aware of this band and also, uh, as usual, didn't take the time to do any research, uh, as usual. So I just listened to the album for a while before I actually, I did actually Google it ultimately. Um, cause I was so confused about why, 
uh, Fran would choose it in terms uh, yeah. of uh, the genre, you know. So it really was uh, very, very surprising to me. Uh, now I can see, uh, of course, why there's a connection there. Um, I actually, uh, generally speaking, really liked it. I thought it was really uh, nice tones. It was sort of intricately built, in, musically speaking. Mm. Now, lyrically, it was it was very strong, as as you would expect from him. And I did. Uh, I did wonder if, uh, you know, as I was listening to it, where, where have I kind of heard this before? Honestly, I sort of felt like I both knew the voice and, yeah, yeah. and the sort of tone of, of the lyrics and stuff. So uh, I should have realized more quickly. Um, to me, it sounded a lot more, I, I wouldn't say Free Fighters, I would say uh, Biffy. Biffy I don't know Biffy that well. Okay, so I think that's a, that's a more similar band. But um, in like any case... Older Biffy. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. true. Early, early stuff, yeah. So... Um, and uh, so I really liked it. I, I, literally, if I was to if I was to nitpick something, I thought there were a couple of openings to songs that were a little bit um, sort of not that inventive. And, and sadly, the opening sort of thirty seconds of the very first song, I thought to myself, when I, the first time I heard, it, I thought, oh, this is going to be quite a generic sort of post punk rock album. Mm. And the intricacies that came through after that point, both lyrically and musically, I wasn't aware of obviously at that point. So uh, after a start that I, I wasn't really that impressed with, I, I actually really liked it so uh, in general really good album yeah I'd, I'd, I'd definitely listen to it again good stuff cool right okay, so cool well we're pretty much we're just going to talk about albums if we, there's any we there's didn't only cover one there's left only, only we one we didn't, didn't talk about yeah, all, and that's, that's um, Double Negative by Lowe is yes. the only one which is Drowned in Sounds album of the year so yes. Matt you chose Drowned in Sounds so do you want to start us off on, on Lowe sure sure um, I thought this album had uh, it was interesting in parts um, it, it felt like it was weird because I a couple of times I put it on in uh, in my living room when people were around and it just didn't feel right <laughs> um, and it only felt right when I kind of had it on with headphones by myself oh. and it found I found it to be a strangely calming album um, it seemed like a lot of what they were talking about well like from from or the way I was receiving the music is just like acceptance and calmness and in face of like all the stuff that's going on at the moment and um, yeah so i i it kind of that was uneasy for me like that feeling of just like just take what's going on and <laughs> <laughs> like in the political uh uh, atmosphere i mean um, i've got to point out that that was exactly the reason you said a go team was a good album and i had to go to you for that so well th- that was in a joyful way it was in a positive way. This was just like, yeah, just ex- acceptance and and <laughs> live so with you it. Say that, so you don't want to be really happy can, about Trump and the world. If I can jump in, though, pieces. to me, and maybe I didn't, didn't pick up some of the things you're picking up but uh, lyrically, but uh, to me, it was the album was actually quite a lot more small scale than that. It wasn't a political album to, to overall to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know if you disagree with that. And what like the well, I've got one lyric here, which is it's not the end; it's just the end of hope. Yeah, um, I can see and, that then. Yeah, and there were I, I, there were other points in the in the album where it was talking. I felt like it was talking into a bigger sense. But yeah, like I could be reading. Like, well, I've read a fair few reviews of it that do do actually, and a lot of them pick out the exact line you just picked out, Matt, as a saying that it is quite a political album. That okay, is its okay. But I mean, I, I can't say to that me, I picked up that personally, but... To me, um, I, I didn't particularly get that, and, and to me it sounded quite a lot smaller scale in terms of concept, uh, lyrically now. Um, in fact, I'll talk about that in a moment, but I'll just say, first of yeah. all, I, I really enjoyed 
tonally the album i thought it had some really beautiful pacing and it, it allowed itself to breathe and that's the calming thing i think you're talking about matt potentially yeah yeah it, was just, exactly. it just felt it wasn't, very it wasn't in a rush yeah it wasn't in a rush but it wasn't uh tedious at any point i i really found some of the tonal breakdowns of the music uh, and i was playing it actually my my 10 uh, year old son was like oh, I think it's glitching out because he's a computer gamer. Yeah. So he's like, I think it's <laughs> yeah. glitching out. I was like, no, no, it's not glitching out. It's doing exactly what it wants to do, you know? Yeah. So uh, I really, uh, really enjoyed that in general. Um, so the pacing was good. And, and obviously vocally, I've, I know a fair bit of low stuff before, some of low stuff before. And, and, and you know, she's an amazing lyricist. They're both good. She, she in particular, uh, the drummer, is a, is a really amazing lyricist for the band. So the band. Um, the only thing I'd say, and this is related to this issue of the size and the scope of the lyrics, is there were a couple of instances where I felt like the lyrics didn't really juxtapose very well with the music. Uh, there's one in particular, I can't remember the song now, um, which opens with the first line of lyrics is, I saw you at the grocery store. Mm. Do you remember that, line, that song? Well, that's like <laughs> yeah. second or third song, and I just thought... Sounds like common um, people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So to me, to have a, a massively sweeping kind of... I don't want to say grandiose, but, but detailed sound... And then to be saying something quite mundane like that didn't really gel. And there's there more than one example of that, but that's just the one I wrote down. Mm. But um, so to me, uh, maybe I should have picked out the political stuff more. But in general, I thought there were some moments where it, the lyrics didn't fit with the with the music. But the music was was really really good in general. I, I enjoyed it. Okay, well, um, this was probably the one that this isn't a word, but ungrew on me the most. It kind of, You're right, it's not a word. It's not a word, but I'm having it. I'd like to officially it's tell my you word. my qualifications in English that that's yeah. not a word. I mean, I've got a creative yeah. writing masters. We're allowed to make up words. Um, died? Can you just go with died? Look, it didn't die on me. That would be harsh. <laughs> that would be over the top because like, the first couple of runs through the whole playlist, I expected this to be possibly the standout album for me of the new ones. It was, um, yeah. I found it was the one that grabbed me most to start with. I think that was kind of the trip-hoppy sort of massive attack tones to parts of it. And I think there's a song called Fly, which still lives up to that for me and is still one of the, one of the best songs on this playlist in total. But mm. I found myself going less and less back to this album um, and probably it ended up being one of the ones I listened to the, the least but I, without, I without wonder, hating it. I wonder that that's, if that's because I thought there was a lot of My Bloody Valentine in it, which we talked about in a playlist some time ago. Totally, mm-hmm. Possibly, hated possibly. Album, I mean, so. but you could hear the lyrics. You could hear the song. Yeah, yeah. You could hear the singing. Oh, I see there's this. a difference, but I, I do yeah. think that, yeah. that granular, broken-down sound... I mean, if we're going to compare the two, this was way ahead in my eyes. But, um, but yeah, this has been at the top of a lot of lists this year, and this has been... An, you know, top 10 in most lists I've seen, and I kind of don't fully get that, but maybe I think maybe lower. I know they're a very popular band mm. uh, and haven't been around for a long time. Is that right? So maybe there's a lot of like music writers that really love them and I'm just very, we're glad to see them. Very kind of cool as well, you know, yeah. the critics, as it were. I'm not trying to dismiss what they have achieved, but that, yeah. I think that they've always got that on their side. But I think it didn't. Didn't blow me away. It didn't. It would sit probably exactly in the middle of the pack for me, uh, mm. next to Catch Up Burnett. Um, they they would be my two middle no. albums in the pack. So um, <laughs> yeah. So not no. nothing majorly special to me. But yeah, I think mind. that's that's kind of us. Until mind. you tried to be right, but you failed. Well, mind. you know, okay. it's kind of positive. Right, so top threes and bottom right. threes, people. So we do top bottom threes. threes. Let's do let's, let's do, do bottom, bottom threes. threes yeah, so, in reverse order. Yeah, so Nick, bottom three in reverse order, please. Bottom three in reverse order. Number three, uh, Terza with Devotion. So that uh, is my third worst third of worst. the top ten. That makes wow. any sense to anyone who's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. uh, secondly, Let's See Grandma was my second worst Ooh. of the of the, uh, <laughs> the set, which all together was a decent set, I think. 
Uh, and then it's no surprise that uh, Kajibane's Child Queen was far and away the weakest of these ten. Okay. So, Matt, bottom three? Um, low. Low <sighs> is the third. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's Kajibane. Yeah. Then it's Christine and the Queens. <laughs> what, Christine and the Queens Sam. is the worst album on the list for you? Sam, uh, yeah. Sam is getting, he was yeah. on this podcast a couple of times, he's going to go crazy. He loves Christine and the Queens, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, he also yeah. loves Let's Eat Grandma, so he's not yeah. going to enjoy either mine <laughs> or yours. <bottom laughs> he's going to be another mine as well. Um, yeah. Sorry, Sam. Okay, so for me, bottom three, uh, Let's Eat Grandma gets the yes, third. third worst album on the list. Mitski's Be the Cowboy is the second oh, worst on the list. And Daughters is by far... I'm going to give it an extra point because it's so far down. No, that's not allowed. (laughs) Extra point? You can't do that. But also, seriously, you haven't even put that uh, Kajabane in the the bottom three. No, That's unbelievable. It wouldn't even be in my bottom four. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, then. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go go with the best albums of the year now, will we? Right. I mean, it's getting complicated for me to work this out, but yeah, let's go with the best albums of the year. Who wants to go first? I'll go first again. Shall we go around the same same order? So, uh, no big surprises, I don't think. So, um, top, uh, sorry, third place is Mitski, um, which I uh, really, really enjoyed overall and grew me a lot steadily as I listened to it. And then number two, I talked about already, was Idols, yeah. uh, which was so close, but didn't quite make it compared to Young Fathers. Okay. So Young okay. Fathers stuck to the top. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Number three, I have Young Fathers. Okay. Number two, Idols. Yeah. And Let's Eat Grandma right at the top. Wow. that's You didn't... That's where it belongs. Were you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Are you I sure? about it. Are you sure? I... What I have it written in my list, Idols and Let's Eat Grammar are the same. But I feel like I need to earn a Let's that, Eat Grammar yeah. extra points at the moment. So, uh, okay. Defend himself, yeah, exactly. So, third place for me was Idols. Okay. Second place for me was Terza. And That's absolutely delusional. In first place for me was obviously Master System. Right. So I'm going to do a YouTube channel among yourself. I'm going to do a quick, quick bit of math. Right, so in about 15 quick. minutes, Fran will have worked out how to add. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why do we have his together? Math? So yeah, exactly, worst, yeah. I've got it already. Our okay. worst album of the year. Yes, is Kaji Burnett's Child Queen. Thank you. I mean, I know that we only did 10 albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are, worst of the top counting 10. Counting that yeah. as the worst yeah. album of the year. In second place of the worst albums of the year. Actually, joint second place is it's worst of the best. Is <laughs> Let's Eat Grandma. Let's Eat Grandma. <laughs> He's got I two can't points believe from... it for Matt. He's going to reach down the, the mic and punch us. Surely I get for me, minus three Nick. points for it being uh, top of my list. No, you don't. <laughs> but Daughters, because I put it in first place, it gets three points. That's the sec- joint second worst album of the year. Okay, so it's the same. They're both the same, aren't they? Yeah, and then the others are all just... Yeah, so that's it. We've got what two. What about Christine and the Queens? Well, that wasn't in the bottom three. Oh, no, you also gave that three as well. So that so we've got yeah. three second worst albums. So that's our bottom three. Okay. Yeah. Our bottom three are... So Kajibane made it out Kajibane, of that. Daughters and Let's Eat Grandma and Christian the Queen. We've got four. We've <laughs> got a four-way four. tie. With All it. right, so the top the top album of the year is actually tied between 
Young Fathers and Idols. They both got four. Oh, no, I gave Idols, but so Idols is the winner. Idols is our album of the year. Idols did it, okay. And Idols that's uh, in Nermal's honour as well, since so he had picked it, go, so Nermal. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Young Fathers in Nermal. second and, Mitz, and uh, Mass System in third, so basically all the ones we picked, none of the others got on. So we are the music experts, <laughs> except for Matt, who's is in the bottom three. What a surprise! We, yeah. we picked we picked the others we like most for, yeah. the, for this. Yeah. Well, I just think that shows don't listen to Needle Drop. No, no. That's why Needle Drop's so unsuccessful. Yeah, compared to us. Uh, yeah, That's but we've only got one point eight million real. people. Needle Drop would say yeah. absolutely anything to get people to like him. He only no. said Doors was the top album because so, he wanted people to say, "Oh, you're so different. You like so this album." Wrong. No, I think it's completely unfair, unreasonable. He's a, he's an interesting critic. He says a lot of interesting things. I don't always agree, but I think he's good. I'm not having that. He's an arse. Um, I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Frank. And bad mouth for us. Really good. Yeah, nice one. I like you really, mate. Um, okay, so let's go to next time. Yes. Um, so Nick will be the man in charge next time. I will. Uh, I'll start nice. then. I, I will be bringing... It'll be just a normal episode again, back to normal next time for the first yep. time in a while. Uh, my albums are It Won't Be Like This All The Time by The Twilight Sad and Some Rap Songs by Earl Sweatshirt. Um, and I am suggesting Sharon Bonnetton's Remind Me Tomorrow and Fiddler is Almost Free and I'll be doing the classic which is Prince's Sign of the Times uh, thanks for Sam's recommendation yeah, of that in the Sam. conversation before we did this and I'll also be talking about Why I Love Talking Heads Fear of Music and actually I have a friend another friend Sam Quinsley in America who I was asking about this and he disagrees this is, the, this is their greatest, greatest album but I'll be making a case for why Fear of Music is the best album of Talking okay. Heads yeah. cool cool all right, cool. so that's it. Just okay. as we said at the start, let's. Um, if if any of you enjoyed the podcast or enjoy us in general, because we're wonderful, then subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Two of us are one of us. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Picky Bastards, yep. and uh, yeah, if it's after March six, come and see us at PickyBastards.co.uk. And thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks a lot. And you can you can find the playlist at bit.ly forward slash. Playlist. And you'll also be able to find it on the website once the website is up. Yeah. I mean, we can stop saying bitly at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. It's the last time. It yeah. is. Right. Nice one. Speak to you soon. Congratulations Bye. to Idols. <laughs> Bye. Bye.